0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. All right, this is episode 41. For the love of the game, let's get it rolling.
0: Yeah. I know we just signed a deal, but I need my advance on the next one, too. They know I'm a to be Yeah. I need it. some more. Because I got a really big team, and they need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We need some really nice things. We need some really big rings. I got a really big team. I got a really big team. They need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We need some really nice things. We need some really big rings. I got a really big team, man. What a time to be alive. You and yours versus me and mine. Are we talking teams? Are we talking teams? Are you switching sides? Wanna come with me? Look at the smile on me. Look at the aisle on me. I do not chase girls, but they run a mile for me. Say she gon' ride for me. I buy the tires for you. This game is different. You only get one shot with go file on you. Man, ball. Man, we want it all. Don't get too involved. We gon' knock it off.
1: All right, all right, all right. You know what it is. Episode 41, For the Love of the Game. And boy, is there a lot to talk about. Uh, a lot has gone down since the last episode. Uh, so first and foremost, I had to hit you with a, uh, a fire jam. Big rings by uh, Drake in Future, because at the end of this week, uh, we will have a champion in the NFL as we are in Super Bowl week. Before um, we get into uh, everything in this episode, just wanted to say uh, this episode is for um, my Aunt Dodie, D-Squared. We're thinking of you. We love you. And... Um, and uh pulling for you to to get through uh what, what you're about to uh go through. So uh shout outs to you and um and get well soon. Okay, so anyway, we are as I said before, we are gearing up for the Patriots and the Rams to square off Sunday. The damn Patriots are did it again. Uh those jackasses, Tom Brady and company, are back in the Super Bowl. Again, ninth time in 19 years for the bats. Uh just ridiculous. I don't want to get into it too much about the uh, the Pats-Chiefs game because I'm sure you've all heard all about it. But I'd like to just thank D Ford uh, for lining up offsides, uh, negating the game-ending interception for the Chiefs. Just wonderful. So in my very biased opinion, uh, I hope the Rams absolutely smash the Pats. And let's just say the Rams uh, caught a break to get into the Super Bowl as well. Again, not to go too deep into the Rams-Saints game that was uh, almost two weeks ago, but because, again, you've all heard about it by now, and you can definitely write a paper, a dissertation on all the things that the Rams, the Saints, and yes... Definitely the referees did wrong at the end of that game. Just a quick rundown of the shit show that was the end of the fourth quarter in that game. Uh, fourth and one at the one-yard line for the Rams. Down three with about four minutes left. Ultra-aggressive uh, Sean McVay decides to play it safe and kick the field goal to tie the game, which I couldn't understand at the time. Um, I couldn't believe he was going ultra-conservative there. You play to win the game, especially on the road, because giving Drew Brees the ball back with a chance to win the game when he doesn't even need a touchdown to win is not smart. Uh, so that was on the Rams. It did work out for them, but I, still not not the play I would have gone with. Uh, I, I could not believe that decision. And then the Saints. So let's start with after Ted Ginn gets the big pass play that was uh, floating in the air. And that ball has to be knocked down by a Rams uh, deep back. Uh, defensive back, I should say. And so the Saints are now in deep in Rams territory and field goal range with the chance to win the game with under two minutes left. They are set up beautifully. So what does Sean Payton do? On first down, he throws a screen pass that falls incomplete, stops the clock, and saves the Rams about 40 seconds. Basically the worst play call I've ever seen in a long, long time. If he takes three knees and kicks the field goal, the Rams would be down three with about 20 seconds left. Just absolutely terrible by Sean Payton. So then that leads to the infamous third down play where we have clear pass interference that wasn't called, which obviously should have been called. Um, And that pass interference, if it's called, it's a first down and it pretty much ends the game. An absolutely dreadful no call one of the worst, if not the worst, no call or um, bad calls in NFL history. Long story short, the Rams win in overtime and advance to the Super Bowl. The Saints, absolutely brutal way to lose. But even though they got screwed with that call, they had every chance to win that game and, and screwed it up themselves as well. And Drew Brees sucked in that game. So it wasn't, yeah, they got hosed. But they had every chance to win, so it's they're not completely off the hook. So now we wait for Rams Pats for Sunday um, and more on the Super Bowl matchup later on in the show. Quick shout out to Novak Djokovic for winning his seventh Australian Open, uh, beating Rafael Nadal in very convincing fashion, 6'3, 6'2, 6'3 in unreal stretch. Uh, by Novak, uh, who, if he wins the French Open, will complete the Novak Slam. You know, it wasn't that long ago where he was uh, often injured and off his game. So what a turnaround for him, and it's great to have him back. Tennis needs him, uh, you know, to be involved in the mix. Uh, Big shout-out, and Mazal Tov. To one of my favorite athletes ever, Mariano Rivera, for being the first unanimous selection for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Absolutely well-deserved. He'll be going in with Roy Halladay, who uh, should rest in peace, Edgar Martinez, and Mike Messina. Now, the debate over... If he should have been or anybody should have been the first unanimous uh, Hall of Famer is just stupid. Like detractors say that there's no way that a reliever, even as great as Rivera was, should have been the first unanimous guy since relievers are way less important than other positions. The whole Hall of Fame system in baseball is stupid. This whole argument is stupid. Yeah, there should have been other players who are unanimous. I mean, Ken Griffey Jr. got as close to unanimous as possible without getting in unanimously which was dumb at the time and is and is dumb now so yeah he shouldn't have been the first but the fact that he is the first you know Shouldn't be such an outrage. I mean, the whole percentage thing is dumb anyway, and no group of writers takes themselves more seriously than the old, crotchety baseball writers. It's just a microcosm of why baseball is not thriving nearly as much as the NBA or even the NFL. Um, Also, can we cut the shit with leaving Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens out of the Hall of Fame already? The Hall of Fame is a celebration of the history and the greats to ever play. And those two are the greatest ever to play. Steroids be damned. We'll add Manny Ramirez to that list, too. If you want to put a blurb about steroids on their plaques, um, fine. But enough is enough already. They should be in. It's also time to put Pete Rose in. I mean, gambling is becoming way more mainstream in the country, and it's legal to play sports bets in many places. It's time to get Pete in too. I mean, can you really talk about the history of baseball without the all-time hits leader being in the Hall of Fame? I, I mean, come on now. Let, let, let's, let's get our acts together, uh, Major League Baseball. Another baseball point quickly. Spring training starts in about a month and a half, and the two biggest stars in this year's free agent market, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, still haven't signed, which is crazy. I mean, they're in their mid-20s stars who were looking to get monster deals still haven't signed. This is really starting to look like collusion and the owners trying to drive salaries down, trying to undo all the bad contracts that they've given out uh, from yesteryear and a mess that they created themselves. I mean, baseball right now is in a really tough spot and all signs point to a work stoppage and a lockout when the current CBA is up. The writing's really on the wall, which is crazy since baseball has had labor peace since 1994. We'll see what happens with that, but the fact that those two guys haven't signed yet is is really mind-boggling. And now for the biggest story in sports right now. A story that completely jacked all the headlines from the first day of Super Bowl week. A piece of news that every sports show on TV, radio, or whatever, this story drove All the headlines and led all the shows. Monday morning, we got the Woj bomb that we were waiting for. Anthony Davis, the uh, superstar for the New Orleans Pelicans, one of the five best players in the league who will be a free agent after next summer, told the Pelicans that he will not be accepting uh, their offer of the Supermax at the end of the year. Five years, about $260 million, uh, and that he wants to be traded. And now New Orleans has to trade him because they can't let him walk and get nothing in return if he gets the free agency. Just to put this into perspective, how rare this is and how crazy this is, an MVP-level player that is 26 or younger has not pulled a move like this and has been traded since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 1975. 1975. Moses Malone, before the 83 season, was traded, but he didn't demand a trade. Anthony Davis has the third highest player efficiency rating in history given the number of games he has played, trailing only guys that you've heard of, uh, none other than Michael Jordan and LeBron James. This is a potentially enormous shift in the league, and many layers go into this, um, not just based on the teams who may be trading for him, the landscape of the game, but, you know, what we... What the NBA looks like in terms of, you know, collective bargaining agreement, front office, whatever. Just a couple of things to talk about here. So, um, Brian, there have been, you know, multiple people have have written, um, have done podcasts about this. I mean, Brian Winhorst was on the low post with Zach Lowe and Howard Beck talking that it's basically three teams that are really in the mix. The Los Angeles Lakers... Uh, the Boston Celtics and the New York Knicks. Now, let's break it down based on each team. The Lakers, uh, this may have been seen as a power play by Anthony Davis's crew to get him to the Lakers by announcing it this early. Uh, the Lakers have every incentive to get a deal done by the trade deadline, which is in about uh, nine days. I mean, we have the connection between... LeBron James's agency, or I should say the clutch agency who now represents Anthony Davis. I mean, this has been going on for a bit right now. It's basically the worst kept secret in the league. Uh, The package the Lakers would have to offer uh, includes the likes of Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, and Picks, and whatever salary filler is needed. Now, the Pelicans you know, have every incentive to wait this out and not nece- and try and pry everything they can from the Lakers if they want to get a deal done now because it's imperative for the Lakers to get this deal done because, and the Pelicans should probably wait on this, Boston and New York at the end of the year, around July 1st, I should say at July 1st, could potentially trump whatever offer the Lakers have. Just to give you uh, a rundown on on what Boston can offer. And first and foremost, Boston can, can't really trade for Anthony Davis, or I should say have the requisite trade package for Anthony Davis before July 1st because they can't trade um, for another player who is designated for the Supermax Um, After already traded for one, they traded for Kyrie Irving. um, So until Kyrie Irving's contract is up, which is in July one, where he becomes a free agent, then Boston can make its most competitive offer unless they choose to trade for trade Kyrie Irving for Anthony Davis. But that doesn't make any sense because Kyrie Irving is the draw. For Anthony Davis. So the package that the Celtics can throw out uh, July 1. Can include a combination of Jalen Brown. You know, Jason Tatum, who's like the diamond in all this. You know, Marcus Smart, um, who's a young player at a, at a you know manageable contract. They've got a plethora of first-round picks. More so than the Lakers do. So, it is... In New Orleans's best interest to wait to July 1 for Boston to be able to throw out its best. Because I do believe at the end of the day that Jason Tatum, if asked, would be thrown into a deal. And he is by far the best player out of, um, you know, by far better than any other player that they were going to get uh, from the Lakers. So, yeah. So... The news coming out right now makes the Celtics sweat a little bit because, you know, Davis's intentions are known. And, and you know, it's it's very well known around the league sources that he wants to play for the Lakers. However, he has not explicitly said that it's Lakers or bust in terms of him re-signing. So uh, from everything that I've heard... Uh, and I'm sure a couple of you have heard this also. The three factors are, is, are you going to be able to put a winning team around him? You know, he wants to be in a bigger market because, you know, New Orleans is a really small market. And he wants the team to have a cachet to it. So that basically leaves the Lakers, the Celtics, and then you have the sleeper in this um, who can also potentially trump uh the Lakers offer in the summertime, the New York Knicks. Now you're wondering, you're probably wondering, saying, Aaron, well, the New York Knicks are 2-23 in, in their last 25 games. What makes you think that, you know, if he's looking to win, why would he pick the Knicks? Well, it's not what the Knicks look like right now. It's what the Knicks will look like in July. Here, and and, and hear, hear me out for a second. And I'm not the only one who's reporting this as a biased Knicks fan. What the Knicks could potentially offer in the summertime is a combination of Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, uh, Frank Nilekina, and potentially and probably a top three pick in this year's draft. Okay? Kevin Knox is better than Brandon Ingram. And a top three pick and and a young piece in Mitchell Robinson. That's better, objectively better than what the Lakers can throw out there. The biggest hindrance to the Lakers is, A, they don't have a treasure chest of picks, and Brandon Ingram, who's, I I get it, only 21 years old, has not nearly progressed to the player that they thought he was going to progress to. That is what's holding the Lakers back. I mean, that's the bottom line. If you're not willing to give, you know, Kuzma, Lonzo, and Ingram, which... If I'm the Lakers, I I empty the cupboard because you have to trump Boston. You have to trump the fact that the Knicks may get the number one pick. Or even if the Knicks wanted to trade Kristaps Porzingis, you know, I know he's coming off an ACL injury, but Kristaps Porzingis has the ability to be one of the 10 best players in the league. He was already an all-NBA caliber player at 22 years old. Uh, And ACL injuries, you know, people come back from ACL injuries quicker and better than they've ever had in history. So the Knicks can easily top that. Now I now I don't think the Knicks would put Porzingis in the deal because they want to they would want to pair Davis with Porzingis. Um so a top 3 pick in this year's draft unprotected and maybe a future, you know, the Knicks are in business and that's a better objectively a better package than the um than the Lakers could could throw out there. Now If you're a Knicks fan like myself and you hear this news and you see what's going on and and you start sweating because there is a realistic possibility if the Knicks trade or stretch Courtney Lee at the trade deadline and if they're able to trade um, Tim Hardaway Jr., the Knicks could potentially put together a package for Anthony Davis and trot out a trio of Anthony Davis, Kristaps Porzingis, and – Kyrie Irving potentially in free agency because there's been rumblings that he may might not necessarily love what's going on in Boston. Kevin Durant is in play. So the sky is the limit in terms of the Knicks, what can happen here? I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. The the domino effects of Kyrie Irving and what he wants in free agency. And I do think he's gonna stay with the Celtics. If I had to bet, I think Davis actually ends up with the Celtics. But you know, he may want out. And then all of a sudden, Boston is out of the running because Kyrie is their meal ticket to Anthony Davis. He's the draw. Now, if the Lakers miss out, where do the Lakers go from here? Klay Thompson, he's probably going to stay in Golden State. Durant isn't going to go play with LeBron. I mean, the Lakers building all this cap space and whatever, you know, you could look back on the Lakers' decision not to trade for Paul George as being one of the most misguided decisions of all time, because they didn't jump on it early, as I suggested that they probably should. I mean, the landscape is ever-changing. Who knows what's going to happen, but this was a huge domino for the NBA to fall to see what goes on this summer. And, and just so you know how big this is, I mean, the NBA hijacked Day one of Super Bowl coverage. Absolutely hijacked on all the headlines. That just goes to show you the interest of the NBA and how strong this is. And before we get on to a little bit Super Bowl preview, in terms of the league and its collective bargaining agreement, I mean, they they came up with this super max to try and keep guys you know from bolting to be able to offer ridiculous amounts of money. And right now you've seen two te- two guys – Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis openly turned down the Supermax, right? Because of whatever reason, they wanted to go somewhere else. And you're going to tell me, well, you know, the small markets are at a disadvantage. No, because they're not necessarily at a disadvantage. Look what happened with Oklahoma City and Paul George. They took a risk. They put a good team around him. And now that team is the second best team in the West, you know, in a legitimately – Legitimately a title contender if one or two things break right. So it's not about small market. It's about having smart people and having a smart front office. You only get one chance. I mean, New Orleans butchered this Anthony Davis situation as bad as they could. They signed Solomon Hill to $15 million a year around killing their cap, which then caused them tons of reactionary moves to win now. You get one chance. You get one chance with the way contracts are started, uh, or I should say laid out in the NBA. Uh, and if you blow it, you blow it, and, and it's your own fault. It's not a small market versus a big market thing. Yeah, sure, desirable markets are important, but guys want to win, and they want to play with other good players. And if you can't do that, then then that's your loss. So we'll see how this all shakes out. Just really interesting times in the NBA. NBA is a 12-month league it's going to continue to get interesting we're going to hear tons of rumors about you know davis kyrie irving potentially clay thompson durant it's going to be nuts um and we'll see how that all shakes out um and that is uh for this segment of the show and we're going to get into a super bowl preview in just a second All right, uh, so it is Super Bowl week, um, and I wanted to get into a couple of the prop bets uh, to discuss. You know, to give this game a little bit of juice, Uh, I am very lucky to have on a special guest. He's making his first appearance on the For the Love of the Game show, Mr. Ariel Haramadi. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, first of all, thanks for doing this uh, on such short notice. So uh, just jumping in. Rams Patriots, uh what are your general thoughts on the Super Bowl matchup? Uh what aspects of this game are you most interested in? Um,
2: I mean I like the matchup between McVeigh and Belichick, you know, the young guns versus the the dynasty. Um it's gonna be interesting how it how it pans out. I mean, last year I don't think anyone thought the Eagles were gonna win, uh except for maybe your boy um Noah Gorski. Um yeah. But, but um, that happened. So uh, can the Patriots get upset again? I don't know. I don't know.
1: Well, you saw the line move right after the Patriots game. I mean, that night, it, it originally started out at one and a half uh, for the Rams and then moved all the way to two and a half. It now sits at two and a half for the Patriots. So all the money, you know, really came in on the Patriots. Just let I mean, just the amount of respect that that shows towards Brady and Belichick, considering they've been in this game now nine times in the last 19 years, uh, is just staggering. So not to get too um, into the actual matchup itself, because I, I think you're going to hear a lot of that. Uh, I should say everybody who you know listens is going to hear a lot of that at other places. But I wanted to just go over a couple of prop bets. And, uh, you know, some fun stuff to keep the game interesting, especially for those of us who are not Rams um, and Patriots fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, what right. is your favorite prop bet um, for, for the Super Bowl?
2: Ooh, I have a bunch. I have a bunch. But one I, one I like every year is um, the jersey number of the first touchdown scored. Okay. This year it's over under 26 and a half.
1: And which way are you leaning?
2: I mean, I could go. I could go either way here. I mean, you know, there are plenty of people under twenty six, like Michelle Edelman, Woods, Cooks, Hogan. But I think, I think, uh, I got to go over.
1: So you're going to go over. So you're you're assuming that it's going to be Gronkowski. Now, just just so I understand how the um, or someone of that ilk. Just so I understand. Um, a passing touchdown. It's the guy who catches it, correct? So catches it, yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. That, right. Makes, that so, makes a huge you difference. Know, if
2: the quarterback runs it in, then they'll get it, but I don't right. see that happen.
1: Okay. So you like over 26 and a half for, um, for the number uh who scores the first yeah. touchdown. So that can be a um. I mean I assume you think the Patriots are going to score first then, right? Well, yes
2: – do but you know also just looking at the running backs like CJ Anderson, Gurley, uh,
1: that's true.
2: you know, Burkehead and White are all over 26 and a half and then you got Gronk and some other receivers, I don't know. That's, that's what I'm feeling.
1: I didn't have one that one on my list, but that's an interesting bet. I kind of like where you're thinking and and we'll, we're going to go back and forth on on a couple of these. Um <laughs> my favorite one um is Brady pass attempts uh, over under 37 and a half, I think the over is an absolute lock. Huh. I can't imagine. I don't think the Patriots can win this game if Brady attempts under 37 passes. I mean, the the Rams' front seven is very good against the run. They were fifth against the run this year. I mean, I think Brady is going to have to throw it 50-55 times. I, I, I'm shocked that this number is that low. Huh. Yeah, I, I hear you,
2: but I don't know. I feel like I feel like I would go under there. I feel like if Patriots, I don't know, I could see it either way, but I feel like the Patriots, you know, they might want to control the run. Um, I don't know if they're going to have Brady throw it that many times, but yeah, I could see it either way.
1: OK, so what's your what's your second? The second one you like. Uh,
2: second one I like. Well, um, you know, this this is more of the, the fun ones. Um uh, which uh, which commercial will come first? Uh, Doritos, Bud Light, Geico, or Apple?
1: Okay, what are the odds?
2: Um, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I don't have that. You know, you don't have it up. No. So, so which what which one do you think is coming first? I think Bud Light. Um, that that's pretty safe. It it, it should be you know usually Bud Lights. Pretty quick, but I can't imagine that not being the favorite. When I when I post this, I'll, I'll make sure we get those odds up. Um my other <laughs> my my other one um that I love um is Brady completions. Uh over under 25 and a half. Again, going on the same theme as I did the first one. I, I think the over is a lock. If Brady if Brady if this game is gonna be close, which I think it's gonna be, I I can't imagine him not completing twenty six passes.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean
1: 26 for 40 is like the bare minimum. Uh mm-hmm. so I have over um you know Brady completions. Okay, what's what's your what's your third?
2: Um here I got James White over under 6 rece- receptions. I think over is a lock.
1: I would say that that's a lock also. I agree with you there. Because I just don't think they'll be able to run the ball. Right which leads me to my next, you know, favorite prop is Sony Michelle under 85 80 and a half rushing yards and Sony Michelle under 84 and a half yards from scrimmage. You know, they they don't throw him the ball ever. Right. And if they're going to be chucking it all over the yard which I love, um which I definitely think is going to happen, I can't imagine him getting 80 yards. He'd have to break a big one.
2: Yeah, I mean, they they got, like, the three-headed monster there with Burkhead and White, so I feel like they'll distribute it.
1: All right, what's what's the next one? Um,
2: So, one of these props I like is uh, the cross sports. So, uh, one of these is uh, who will have more more points, Giannis against the Wizards or the Rams.
1: Ooh. So, these are interesting. By yeah. the way, they 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 aren't offered in not in every single sports book, but the ones that do these these are really interesting. I didn't look at these, but but what do you say? I think the Rams. You think the Rams?
2: I think it's be a high scoring game. I think I, the Rams. I
1: think, I think so the Rams too. Hit
2: thirty, Giannis maybe.
1: Giannis. So so you think the Rams are for sure hitting thirty, and Giannis is you know he's averaging twenty seven a game. Um, the Wizards are really bad. And they're not. They it may be a blowout. Uh, I I would I would agree with that. Um, I would agree with that. My my next one that I love is Goff passing yards um, over under set at twenty. Uh, I should say two hundred eighty nine and a half. Uh, I like the under in this one.
2: Because, yeah, I agree with you.
1: because I think they're going to really try to establish the run um, with Gurley and C.J. Anderson. Um, I think Goff is going to have a good game. I think he's going to have an efficient game. Um, but I think his passing yards, I don't think he's going to get to 290. But I do think that his rushing yards, which is set at over under 8.5, I think over. You know, I think over is a really good bet because – You know, they do do a lot of play-action passing, Um, and Goff actually has wheels and he can roll out. So I I can't imagine him not doing that at least twice, Um, maybe having to, like, QB sneak, which could be, like, another two yards. I, I, I like that bet as well.
2: Yeah, I would agree
1: with you. And just to piggyback off that, Brady rush yards, I say over two and a half. Now this one's interesting because if you like the Patriots to win, there may be right. a kneel down situation. Exactly. But um, but I, I I think, you know, two or three, you know, you can get a fourth down um, you know, conversion for two yards here, you know, a fourth down conversion there, two yards. I I think over two and a half is a good one. But I don't I don't love it as much as I love the others.
2: Yeah. Um I don't I think I would go under just because I don't think Brady's moving, but yeah, it's it's low.
1: Well, you know two, two and a half yards is the. I mean they said it, they said it that way for a reason. right. all right, so um uh MVP bets um for the game you know, obviously the favorites are you know Brady is even um if you like the Rams to win, I mean Goff is plus 200. are there any long shots that you necessarily like?
2: Um, yeah, long shots. I mean, C.J. Anderson's been playing better than Gurley. I think they're going to give it to Gurley more. But C.J. An- Anderson, I-, I saw, was uh, plus 1,600 or 16 to 1. Um, you know, two years ago, I thought uh, James White should have been the MVP over Brady. So um, maybe he, uh, if he has a game, he's at plus 2,000 or 20 to 1. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to get really crazy... Of course, uh, of course. Uh, you know, in the dome, why not take a kicker, right? Uh, Zerline, Greg the Leg, Legatron, is uh, sixty-six to one.
1: Wow. So, uh, I'm am saying there's a chance. We're there. We're there. I love it. So if he, so if Zerline, if it's if it's a tie game or they're down two, and Zerline hits a fifty-seven yarder, you think there's a chance that Zerline can get the MVP or at least uh, w- enough willing to go 66 to one on it, throw 10, 20 <laughs> bucks on it. And, and, uh, Hey, you know what? I, Stranger things have happened. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they'll give it to him on one kick, but if he kicks like five field goals, I'm saying there's a chance. Yeah. I, I, I don't hate that. Um, the two that jumped out at me, uh, is Aaron Donald at, uh, eight plus 1800. I mean, he's arguably the best player in the game. You know, so if he makes one big play, kind of like what you saw last year with uh, Brandon Graham strip-sacking Brady, um, you know, he could be one. Or I I saw Julian Edelman at 20-1 to was interesting also because – could you see a scenario where he goes, say, 11 for 115, you know, converts huge third downs in the fourth quarter and – they Win the game, and you know, Brady may have like a pick, maybe have another pick, you know, two picks or something. And 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 he goes just bonkers. I mean, Brant, uh, Deion Branch, I should say, won right. the uh, MVP one year, so yeah. I, th- those are the two that jumped out at me.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be hard to not be a quarterback, um, or girly, you know, maybe Michelle, but yeah, for those, I like I like Edelman, he can, like you said, pull a Deion Branch.
1: Yeah, it's it's gonna be cool. Any other any other ones that jumped out at you in terms of props that that you love? Um, I thought one that was interesting was just uh, Todd
2: Gurley over under sixty five and a half rushing yards because you know they say they're gonna use him more, but you know you're not sure uh, how he's gonna
1: do. But I think uh, I like the over there. I think uh, he'll show up. I think so too, and I, I don't think the you know the strength of the Patriots' defense is their secondary. Um, their secondary has been good this year. The, their run defense is, is lacking, so this should definitely. Uh, I I do like that bet, and considering he's had two weeks, he will I should say will have had two weeks to get healthy. Um, I, I I think I think that one's in good shape. Um, any others?
2: Um. I mean, another fun one was, and again, I don't, I don't have the odds here, but uh, it was uh, for the halftime show. Will Andre three thousand join Big Boy on stage at oh, any point?
1: Oh, you gotta, you gotta bet yes. Yeah, I think you gotta go yes. Sir. No question. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'll check the odds, and again, I'll, when I when I post this, I'll I'll put the odds up, but. I mean, come on. This is – first of all, this is Atlanta, right, where, where, you know, (laughs) hip-hop reigns supreme. I mean, I can't imagine that, like, Ludacris doesn't, like, show up or – but, like, you know, Andre 3000 has got to show up. Um, The other ones that I really liked are – I I really liked Goff over two touchdown passes. Um, Yeah. And and I like – and I think Brady over two touchdown passes is a lock also. Mm -hmm. and um, and that leads um, us to the uh, prediction for the actual game Um, how do you see this game uh, playing out Uh, uh, if you're putting a wager on this game uh, what are you putting up
2: Um, like I said I mean you know are the Patriots going to get upset again Um, I think I'm just going to ride with it YOLO you know uh, why not any given Sunday Rams can show up McVay's
1: a genius. I got Rams 31-27. Ooh, I like it. So so the game's going over 57 and a half. Um yeah, and, you got the, barely. and you got the Rams to win. Love it. Love it. Because guess what? I'm on the Rams plus two and a half. Down with the uh, down with the evil empire. I've had enough. I actually thought <laughs> the um, you know, before the season started, I, I truly believe that the Rams were the best team. Um, I thought they were going to win the Super Bowl, so I'm sticking with it now. And yeah. uh, if you can get the Rams money line, I think I saw at Bovada is uh, plus 125. Yeah, I, uh, I I think that's the play. I I just I, I like what the Rams do. Um, and and I like I like Goff, uh, Gurley. I mean, you know, uh, the the receivers you have, uh, Cooks and Robert Woods, um, just. Just a lot of good stuff going on for the Rams. But as hard as it is to bet against Brady and Belichick because, you know, it's the institution, I'm going the other way. I'm going the other way. And and I think I saw the public money was like over like 58% was on the Patriots. So I like being on the opposite side of that. Rams plus two and a half. Okay. I like it. All right. Um... All right, Ariel. Uh, I'll let you go, considering I, I kept you waiting long enough. Um, really appreciate you hopping on for a little bit and um, speak to you soon. Let's go, Rams.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for letting me uh, be part of the mogul life. Um, we're representing in the three hundred one, and uh,
1: talk to you soon. Listen, man. You're you're invited on anytime. Um, a couple of your DMV uh, faithful have requested to do a therapy session on the state of the Washington Wizards. Um, (laughs) So uh, we'll make that happen soon. Anyway, thanks again for uh, coming on a late notice and speak to you soon.
2: All right. See you.
1: All right. right, uh, Before I concluded uh, this episode, we have to give respect to Tom Brady, uh, the great Tom Brady. And my resident Pats fan wasn't able to be in tonight. But I have somebody on the line, a very special guest, a good friend of mine, who loves Tom Brady but is a Jets fan, which is basically the biggest oxymoron of all time. Uh, Without further ado, Mr. Justin Richter. Justin.
3: Hey, Tobin. What's going on?
1: All is good. So... Explain to the public why you as a Jets fan, who should despise Tom Brady uh, with all your soul, why you love Tom Brady. Well,
3: first of all, it's like we have the greatest quarterback in our generation, and you want to root for that greatest quarterback. I like compare it to watching Michael Jordan in the 90s. Most Knicks fans, even if they hated the Bulls, they loved watching Michael Jordan. So that that's number one of my first justification Secondly, I would just say I just fell in love with Tom Brady in 2001. I love that whole underdog story. Star quarterback Bledsoe goes out with an injury. And then an unknown six-round pick out of nowhere just leads them to win, 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 Super Bowl win, Super Bowl MVP. And just, you know, rallying off three Super Bowls in four years, I just thought it was just the coolest underdog story. Um, And that's what initially drew me to the Tom Brady story.
1: I I just... I don't even know what to say. You you root for a a team in the division and Tom Brady has been, has been kicking their ass for, for 19 years. I I understand respecting Tom Brady, but like I've watched football with you. You actively love Tom Brady. Yeah. Listen,
3: if they're playing the jets, I don't want them to win, obviously, but number one, the Jets don't even have a chance. (laughs) And you know, football, it's a different type of sport. If there's a super bowl, you still got to pick a team to watch and, he, he's just so much better than the competition. Just the way he, he gets by. Yes, he has amazing talent, but he just gets by with mental reading defenses that no other quarterback seems to do. You watch him. He makes the game just look so easy. He just beats teams with screen passes and dump offs and little, little slant patterns. Why, why can't, you know, why can't any other quarterback in the league do that? Uh, he's just so head and shoulders above everybody else.
1: So, we had the uh the privilege of you know chatting throughout the um the Chiefs Patriots game and just let let us let, recap that a little bit i mean both the, i'm actively rooting against the patriots i mean i took that loss by the chiefs so irrationally hard uh it was like it, it was slightly embarrassing um but Brady, as I mentioned to you, was it, you knew what was going to happen, right? I mean, we all knew that he was going to score when they needed to score in the fourth quarter and in overtime, correct? I mean, th- there no, wasn't...
3: No, there was, there was no doubt. There was no no doubt. doubt. He thought maybe he would do it on first down, maybe second down, doesn't matter. Third and 10, we'll hit, we'll hit Edelman for 15 yards over the middle, why not? Third and 11, let's hit Hogan, let's hit Edelman again. Yeah, and, you know, Romo's able to call these plays out, and it doesn't matter. These, the Chiefs defense, you know, they put on so much pressure. They killed Luck the other week. You know, Brady doesn't even get touched. And their offensive line, but it's also talking to the coach and to Brady just how quickly their game plan is and how quickly they get the ball out. They're, they're they're unstoppable. They kill you by, like you said, um, a million paper cuts.
1: Death by a million paper cuts, and uh, and again, thanks to a D Ford for lining up offsides when they could have well, had well, the game. Well, in the well, 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 well,
3: well, of course, when you're rooting against the Patriots, you also you're rooting against the refs because the Pats always have the refs in their back pocket. So that's obviously going against you. So anytime there may be a questionable call, and I have no idea how they overturned that Julian Edelman call. I mean, how is that conclusive that that didn't touch him? The only answer is it's the Patriots, and you know they get the calls. That's how it's been their entire career. So. I do get the hatred from from that perspective, um, but that's how you got to got to be lucky and good.
1: The worst part about not liking Tom Brady, besides for the fact that he's awesome and and he works hard and and he and he is the most competitive guy you know we've seen probably in pro sports since Michael Jordan. I mean, the guy is just ruthlessly competitive. Uh, but on social media when everybody was calling for the Patriots demise and that the dynasty is over I'm sure I've said it a couple of times myself also uh, but this year when everybody was like oh they're they're old you know Brady's lo- lost it a little bit and then he you know posts a workout video with like old school 50 cent songs right he's posting many men off the uh, arguably one of the greatest rap albums of all time and you know me I love you know, Get Rich or Die Trying, an amazing album. And then he posts another one after he beats the Chiefs with Bad Boy for Life. You know, we ain't going nowhere. I mean, you know, it's just – he stole
3: – he, he, he said it. He's the baddest mother you-know-what on the planet. He, he really that is. And it.
1: and he stole a couple I, of my favorite songs, and I hate him for it.
3: Can we finally settle the Brady Manning debate? I, I know you are always in the Manning corner, but is it even a conversation anymore? Or we could all just under understand and agree that Brady is, without a doubt, the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, how do you even? So, are, what is the argument otherwise? I, I, you know, besides Francesa, who's still holding on to Montana glory days. I, who, where is the argument? I would like to hear the other side.
1: So, in terms of the greatest to ever play in terms of ranking careers i mean th- this was settled a long time ago i mean after he came back against seattle in that super bowl i mean that was really settled a long time ago the the um the comeback against the falcons really cemented it i will the only thing i will say is this in a vacuum in, in an absolute vacuum if you took both of them before their careers started and you Asked Bill Belichick, right, and if you gave him truth serum and you said, who's the better player, Brady or Manning, Belichick would say that Peyton Manning was the better player. That doesn't mean he had the better career because that's not arguable. You're saying
3: saying even after all this time, Belichick would still say Peyton's a better player?
1: I think that when Belichick went for it on fourth and two – um, in his own 30-yard line that I think was in a Monday night game. Again,
3: um, no, I hear you. But, that again, that's not an indictment on Brady. That's, no, that's it's just not. I just how good Payton, just sure. how good Payton is. No, of one, no one's taking that away. But, I mean, oh yeah, also, when you look at the stats, and, and they're very close, Brady also played at Foxborough his entire career. Manning's playing in a dome. I mean, that is, that, that's one thing people don't take into account, is Brady playing in those conditions and to still put up those numbers and to throw bombs and spirals tight spirals in the northeast conditions Manny didn't have that kind of didn't have that kind of arm and I don't think he would have performed the same level that that, that Brady did yeah so when people put when people put their stats you know together you gotta you got to take that into consideration so you know one's playing outdoors and one played in dome his entire career um, uh, Manny's amazing I'm not taking obviously you know someone can make the argument Manny's better and that's fine. Sorry about that background.
1: Noise. Shout out to the Long Island Railroad. What's up? Yeah,
3: L A R R but at least everyone's on the same page now that, that Brady is arguably the number one. So that that makes me happy. And it, I was saying this back before he was, you know, winning MVPs and all that. So it's a little pat pat on the back to myself, but I think I won that one.
1: Well, it's really, really hard to uh, to dispute, Tom Brady is the greatest to ever play the position in the National Football League. I mean, and with that being said, I hope that they lose on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope they lose because the worst part about it is the. Jackass. Wouldn't you rather
3: him just win and then maybe he'd retire and just go? Out no, and stop. Be, uh, I, think uh, your, I think that's your best bet because you know he's not going to stop if he loses. Uh,
1: well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why because. The jackass Bostonians that just ruin everything for everybody make it worse, and that yeah, and I, that's part of the hate because people from Boston are are largely terrible. Anyway, Justin, you sound like you, you're you're getting into Penn Station. Uh, we're running low on time, so uh, thank you for doing this. Um, you know, anytime. late last minute, and um, I will speak soon. Okay, All right, You're have, good. but Okay. Uh, Thank you to my good friends Ariel Haramadi and Justin Richter, both of them making their podcasting debuts uh, for this episode of For the Love of the Game. Um, that's a wrap on episode 41. Take us out future in Drizzy
0: i out but I'm not out the cleaners Who keep the skull Cause I got a really big team And they need some really big rings They need some really nice things Better be coming with no strings Better be coming with no strings We need some really nice things We need some really big rings I got a really big team I got a really